It's 7 o'clock on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States of America, 3 p.m. in London, 12 midnight in Sydney and New South Wales, and in Malaysia, it's 1981. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hi. Nice to see you. Thanks for jumping in for the ride. What I am wearing, however, is a brand new Shiba Inu shirt. And here, I got to stand up so you can see it. There we go. There we go. Life is better with a Shiba Inu. Yes. <laughs> My creaky chair. <laughs> Uh, the love of my life bought me this shirt, and uh, I love it to pieces. Life is better with a Shiba Inu. Locus Pocus, hey, welcome. Nice to have you along here tonight. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining in. Uh, this shirt is not available on the I'm Not Wearing Pants Miko merch site, which you can find on twitch.tv. Just... If you find twitch.tv and you find I'm not wearing pants in the about section, there's a merchandise, Miko merch or no pants merch. And you'll find a bunch of Miko Mikoized merchandise. Speaking of the little girl, she's doing well. Uh, she's doing very well. And um, <laughs> I just finished tonight watching a movie that I shared on my Facebook. Uh, you got to see it. You got to watch it. I, I can't even recall. Hang on. Let me just see. Hold on. Uh, let me see where it is. Ah, okay. It's called A Tale of Mari and Three Puppies. Um, let me see. I think I can switch this. Yeah, there you go. You can see it here. This is the film. The actual film has been posted. I don't know if it's legal or not, but who cares? It's there. It's two hours, so be prepared. And also grab a box of tissue because it'll get you right there. It is such a good movie. And yes, it features a whole bunch of Shiba Inus, which is really cool. Really, really cool. Um, you got to check it out. It's, it's a great film, uh, Japanese with English subtitles, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. You, you check, check that. I got a new camera angle tonight. What do you think? Yes? No? Like it? Don't like it? It's a little further back. The camera's actually pushed back a little bit, and I moved my desk and everything else up. Um, you can't really tell from, from the other shot, but, uh, and by the way, if you're listening on our podcasts, uh, and you want to see the video version of our show, because some of what we do does include kind of visuals. Uh, you can go to rumble.com, sign up for a free account, and subscribe to the I'm Not Wearing Pants page, and you will get notified, and you can watch the show in addition to listening to it. But um, we thank you much to our podcast listeners on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher. We're now also on TuneIn. So if you have a TuneIn account, you can sign up there. Anywhere you go, just turn on, uh, just search. I'm not wearing pants. You'll find it. You'll probably find this logo. That'll know you. Let you know you got the right show. You have the authentic show, not some cheap, cheap ripoff imitation. <laughs> All right. So that's the Miko update. Uh, not a whole lot happening beyond that with uh, with Ms. Miko. But she's doing well. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on and up and along. Uh, coming up, we'll get the Little Prince later on tonight. We'll do the uh, we'll do another couple of chapters. They're long chapters. These uh, next couple. So we will uh, we'll do that as the Little Prince begins to head toward Earth. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah. What? Oh, yes. For my uh, folks in the U.S. where it is still daylight. In fact, it's morning in most of the U.S. Um, happy summer solstice. This is the summer solstice today for you guys. It, I mean, it was for us here also in Malaysia. 
The problem is that we're so close to the equator that our days are always about 12 hours of sunlight and heat and 12 hours of darkness. So it doesn't really change that much. I mean, we're not on the equator, but we're close enough that it doesn't make hardly any difference. Certainly not what I was used to being in Connecticut, where it makes an enormous dis uh, difference. But um, yeah, the summer solstice, which is today, the 21st, and uh, it means that it's the first, yes, Locus, you're right, the first official day of summer. It's also the longest day of the year. And starting after today, every day gets shorter in the hours of daylight until you get to the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year. There, a little science for you on the I'm Not Wearing Pants show. <laughs> if you didn't know, you know, so now you do. All right, so coming up tonight, we're going to talk about uh, Are You a Part of the Herd? It's a little short segment, but, you know, herd. Yeah, the worst foods in the world. Oh, that reminds me, I have to open that page. The worst foods in the world. And you won't believe what some of them are. Some of them are obvious. Some of them are not. Uh, also, Van Gogh on Jupiter. What? Yeah, we'll explain that coming up. And as I mentioned, of course... The Little Prince. So, are you part of the herd? This is a public post, so I'm not giving away any secrets here, but um, I saw this and I, I had to share it. You know, everybody's talking about with the uh, vaccinations and things, herd immunity. And um, I had actually wondered this myself. And uh, Jeff posted this and, and it kind of tickled my interest. When governments say they want their citizens to reach a herd immunity, please open your dictionary and look up the meaning of the word herd, and then you'll know what your leaders think of you. Well, as you can see right there, somebody actually posted the Google definition of herd, a large group of animals, specifically hoofed mammals, that live together or are kept together as livestock. So when you, uh, when you hear the term herd, just remember, there's a reason. Actually, uh, there was a reply here that said all countries call it the same. It's hypothetic description uh, when you want to do a mass uh, vax or something like involving huge groups. In Spanish, it's called Vacunar el rebano. It may sound like we are all sheeps, but it is a correct expression. And um, the phrase herd immunity actually was coined by the University of Manchester in 1923, uh, where they identified that a herd of mice stopped catching a specific disease, even when not all of them were immunized, uh, thus suggesting that widespread vaccinations were a good way at eradicating a disease. Nevertheless, you're a herd. So, there you go. All right. <laughs> um, this one popped up, and I just had to share it and make a quick comment. Could we please, in Malaysia, do something original? Would that be possible? Hmm? Christopher Higgs, I guess you haven't heard rakyat from the Arabic word for herd flock. Yes, that is a, that's a brilliant. <clears throat> from the Arabic word for herd or flock, rakyat, which is what they refer to the public here as the rakyat. Uh, as you can see on the, uh, on the uh, chat, uh, R-A-K-Y-A-K is the BM word basically uh, for the public, the citizens, uh, or and and derived from the Arabic word for for herd. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. All right, let's get back to it. Could we possibly do something original? I know we have one or two things. You know, we sort of try and claim that nasi lemak is 
Malaysian. And then there's always an argument with Indonesia. No, we thought of it first. And Singapore, no, we thought of it first, even though Singapore wasn't around until Malaysia was around. And Malaysia says, no, it's ours. And Malacca says, no, it's ours. And KL says, we started it. And Ipo, and everybody jumps in, and there's a big argument over a food. Who cares? But we really, really need to come up with something original. And this ain't it. It's like this, is it Shibayu? Is that how you say it? I'm a Japanophile, I should know this, but I, I'm not a big fan of current, modern, contemporary Japan. I like old school Japan, as you know. But it's the Shibayu uh, crossing in Japan, which is a very famous. And so now, right in the middle of downtown KL, um, this is the... Uh, let me see. Let me do the translation because Jay's Bahasa sucks. Change of pedestrian phase at uh, Sultan Ismail Road Crossing in Jalan Bukit Bintan. Yeah, that's where I thought it was. So this is Sultan Ismail and uh, Bukit Bintan, the big, big crossing in the middle of downtown KL. And uh, whoever is running the show has decided that it would be helpful to take it and reline it and turn it into a, a Japanese-looking crossing. So, as I saw a comment someone made, which is likely true, as soon as a few people get confused and hit by cars and a couple of motorcycle crashes and, you know, maybe we kill one or two, and eventually everyone will get used to it, and then, you know, ooh, we can do, uh, you know, we can do selfies, we can do pictures. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not unique, it's not original, it's just simply a copy of something that somebody else is doing, and could we please please, could we do something original? You're a creative bunch of people. You really are. Some of the most creative people I've ever met in my many 60 over years of life have been here in the 20 years I've spent in Malaysia. Use that creativity, would you please? Please. Use your head for something besides holding your hat or keeping your neck warm. Uh, all right, uh, what else to be able to Oh, NASA has released some amazing pictures of Juniper's swirling atmosphere. And I gotta tell you, it is incredible. You need to go to mymodernmet.com and look this up so you can see, preferably not on your phone, do it on a, on a laptop or a desktop so you can see in full res this this picture that's been released uh the juno space probe provided us with a wealth of information about the solar system and it has taken a photograph in a flyby uh june 25th flyby of juniper and um it is uh, okay okay i'll show it to you in a minute uh, you got to see this. Check this out. Let me switch over to my other uh, my other view. There you go. Check it out. Remember what I said? Van Gogh on Juniper, uh, Jupiter, <laughs> Juniper. <laughs> Van Gogh on Jupiter. Check this out. Look at that. Is that not Van Gogh's Starry Starry Night? Look at. I'll scroll down. You can't appreciate it looking on this screen. You got to check this out on your uh, on your laptop or desktop, something with a decent monitor. Look at that. Yeah, it looks like water marble painting. You're right, Locus Pocus. That is absolutely... Look at this band here. Oh, wait, my mouse isn't in the picture. There you go. Look at that band. Check that out. Look at these. This is Juniper's atmosphere, especially right here. This really is like... This is Starry Starry Night. This is Vincent van Gogh. <clears throat> Incredible. Unbelievable that we have this technology that lets us see this stuff. Wow. Yeah, Locus Pocus says, wow. You are exactly right. Wow is the word. That is amazing. Sorry, if you're listening on the podcast, go to rumble.com. I'm not wearing pants. Subscribe, and you can see the video portion of the show. <laughs> Sorry, podcast listeners. But, uh, you know, it's okay. I love you. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. It's just that some of this stuff is visual and, you know, it's just the way it is. But go to rumble.com. I'm not wearing pants. Check it out.
Okay. Uh, all right. Enough of the uh, weird stuff. Uh, let's go on to the cool stuff. Uh, I this. Oh man, I loved this. This was amazing. This is an actual. Well, it's actually two Olympic medals. In the 1936 Olympics, two Japanese pole vaulters, that's their picture there, um, Shuhai Nashida and Suyo Oe, tied for second place. They declined to compete against each other, and so Nashida was awarded the silver, and Oe was awarded the bronze medal. When they got back to Japan, check this out, they had the medals cut in half and the two halves joined together to make two friendship medals out of silver and bronze. And that is a picture of the medal from 1936. How brilliant is that? That is amazing. What a great picture. What a great story. Absolutely amazing. Wow. That's from uh, Bugged Space, by the way. Hat tip to Bugged Spaced over on Facebook. They uh, they do really some very cool posts there. You should check them out. Um, another one from Interstellar Universe. A, a bit of a quote from Nikola Tesla. Uh, shortly before he died, back in 1943. Um it's just a quote, but for some reason it's been printed on this metal disc. Interesting. Are you a math and science or astronomy enthusiast? Uh, you'll find more of this kind of stuff at the Interstellar Universe over on Facebook. You can go check out their page. But Nikolai, Nikola Tesla, in 1943 before he died, said, You will live to see man-made horrors beyond your comprehension. Dang. Sadly, once again, good old Nicola was right. Scary stuff. Yeah, you're right, Locus. He was right. He was exactly right. Ah, oh, man. You know, <laughs> we're just going through. There's no segues here. We're just going... Topic to topic, boom, one from this side, one from that side. Um, <laughs> I had, I have mentioned this before, that when it comes to uh, the metric system and what is it called, the imperial system, you know, inches and feet and miles, gallons, I grew up in the U.S. I grew up using feet, yards, inches, gallons, quarts, not liters and kilometers and meters and centimeters. Over the past almost 20 years now, I've gotten pretty good at distances. Kilometers, meters. A meter to me is around the same distance as a yard. A yard is three feet. A foot is 12 inches. Um, so, I mean, I can still think in that, but for the most part, I've adapted to think in kilometers, meters, CM, millimeters. So I'm cool with that. But when it comes to things like grams, instead of ounces or pounds, I am lost. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I am completely completely lost, even after 20 years of dealing with it. Forget recipes. Here, I have to actually look up the U.S. version of recipes because when it says, you know, so many kilograms of this and that, it's like, I don't know how much that is. So I still stick to gallons, quarts, uh, pints, things like that. I had no idea exactly how weird it was when you talk about the temperature in Celsius or Fahrenheit. I'm, that's another one, okay? 
I just thought of it. That is another one that I'm still not very good at. I still think in Fahrenheit as opposed to Celsius. I know in general that our temperature here, when it's around 30, 31, 32, that's hot as hell. Uh, Normally on a decent night like tonight, it's probably 27, 28, 29, somewhere in that range. So I've... uh, Oh, look, Jay Sheldon shared your stream. Isn't that nice of him? There we go. Boom, there. Um, Anyway, uh, so (laughs) I... I moreover think, uh, thanks for the follow, Raman, appreciate it. Uh, I think in Fahrenheit, I do not think in Celsius. I force myself, I have to stop and think, man, it's got to be like in the 90s or something today. Uh, Na Yon, thank you. I hope I said your name right. Thanks for the follow, Na Na Yon. Um, So I'm still thinking in Fahrenheit. I'm thinking, man, it's got to be like 95. Mike Pedro is now following. Thank you, Mike. Fantastic. Where are we getting all these follows from? Did we just get a, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we just got a raid. Uh, Mika. Thanks, Mika. Susanna. Thanks for the follow. Appreciate it. All right. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I still think in Fahrenheit. There's the bottom line. Now, here's the weird part. Check this map out. Look at this. Blue is the parts of the world that are in Celsius. Red are the parts of the world that deal in Fahrenheit. And yes, that is exclusively the United States. Is this right? I don't think this is right. This can't be right. Can somebody confirm that? Thank you for all the follows. I don't know where they're coming from. I have a feeling we might have just gotten raided, but I can't see where that happened. If we did, thank you so much. I appreciate it. But I just got a ton of follows. They're all popping up here, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you. But back to it. Is this right? I have no idea whether this is accurate or not. It's, It's a post from, it's called The Language Nerds. And again, don't know. But if it is true, what the hell? Come on, U.S. I mean, okay, to be, if we just started with one thing for the U.S. in the metric system, I know you're not going to convert to kilometers and centimeters and kilograms and all that stuff, but at least maybe do the temperature in Celsius. Look at that. That is amazing to me. Unbelievable that we've got that. We are the only country on earth that has Fahrenheit. That's really weird. Okay, for some reason, these follows are going nuts. I don't know where they're coming from, but I'm grateful for them. Thank you. I can't even keep up with all the follows, but... uh, for some reason, I just got a ton more. So that's fantastic. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, this this is really odd. Um, 120 volt appliances. Yes. Yes. That's another one. You're right, Darren. Uh, Darren Chow just popped in on the chat here and mentioned another thing that I'd forgotten, which is very different from the U.S., And that is the U.S. versus the rest of the world. Well, that's the usual. Um, Somebody just mentioned uh, 120 volts, which is the standard in the U.S., uh, 220. Is that everywhere else? Is that another one that it's U.S. only and every place else is 220? I'll tell you what, though. I found out the hard way exactly what 220 volts means. Now... Truth be known, it's not the voltage that'll kill you, it's the amperage. But I have a Japanese garden on the side of my house. I have a sliding glass door that looks out onto the Japanese garden. And I have a little uh, pond set up with a bamboo. I've posted pictures of it before. You you can see it on my page. Um, And I have a, a fountain 
a circulating fountain. And I hide the wire that goes in and plugs in the fountain. So I've several times had to cut the wire because it gets old and frayed and it stops working and then reconnect. And anyway, long story longer, I actually stuck my hand down once when the power was on and felt exactly what 220 volts feels like <laughs> when you... <laughs> When you touch wires that are exposed, you're not supposed to touch. It's a shocker. Uh, yeah, I know. Dad joke. No, it's really. I have been zapped before with 120 volts in the U.S. more than once, many times. But there's nothing like the jolt you get from twice that voltage. Yeah, it was not fun. It's like my arm went... <laughs> it was... Yeah. So anyway, answer me that question if anybody knows. Is it just in the U.S. that does 120 and the whole rest of the world, like Fahrenheit and Celsius, uh, is on 220? I know here in Malaysia we're on 220. The U.K. is 220. I, I don't know about other places. I know I have listeners in Australia, New Zealand, uh, India, all different places, and podcast listeners too. Um, so if you know, please let me know. Uh, put it in the chat or you can send me an email. No pants. There it goes. No pants at jsheldon.com. I read all your emails. I reply everybody. So there you go. All right. Um, and I'm going to end our little chit chat session with an interesting, an interesting post I saw today on Facebook. However, I'm going to have to disagree with part of it. So let me read what I found. It says, okay, so today I'm at Starbucks and they literally have two people working, and they're so busy trying to close at six o'clock. The girl slightly messed up my drink and legit started crying. I told her it was no big deal. It's just a drink, and she just kept saying how nasty people have been all day, and that she's been there since six o'clock in the morning with one other person, and uh, how somehow someone actually threw a drink at her. So, I complimented her earrings, and she said it was the nicest thing anyone had said to her all day. Especially nowadays, where we're all under house arrest, if you've, in fact, I was at a fast food restaurant a couple days ago, and it was lunchtime, and they were jammed. I think I counted about three, maybe four employees running the whole place. In fact, I've been at a different, uh, same franchise, different location at night for dinner, and there were two people running the whole thing. So anyway, back to my lunch story. Um, there's like maybe maybe four, but I, only, I think I only saw three people, and it's lunchtime. And as you know now, you can't dine in restaurants here in Malaysia because of this house arrest crap. Um, so everything has to be takeaway. And we have Grab and Food Panda, which are like Uber in the U.S. Uh, everything is delivery and orders, and you go pick up and take away. And they were going nuts. I mean, you can see the computer screen where all their orders entered, and the thing was full. And these guys are going crazy. I was basically standing there for at least 20 minutes and they were too busy filling all the takeaway orders before they even got to me. But you know what? I'm a patient man and I didn't mind because I realized these guys are busting their ass to get us fed. And that's why not only the grab drivers and the food panda drivers, but the folks that work in restaurants, not just fast food, all the restaurants are jammed up and going crazy. Um, Oh, Sean says Japan is 100 volts with a frequency of 50 to 60 hertz. Okay, cool. Um, thank you. Thanks, Sean. And nice to see you. Thanks for jumping in on the stream. Appreciate it. Um, anyway, stop treating retail food people or anyone in general like crap for being short-staffed. Your words can literally make or break a person's day. Um, obligated orb, sheesh. <laughs> hey, uh, and uh, Sean says AC instead of DC. Yeah, AC, of course. Um, wow. So anyway, th that is true. Please 
be a little considerate to some of these, um, in fact, not to some, to all of these folks who are working in the food service business, in any service business. You have, unless you have worked in that business, and I have, in between radio jobs, I actually worked as a waiter for a very short time because honestly, I couldn't take it. I could not handle it. My hat is off to waiters and waitresses around the world. How you guys do it is beyond me. I will fully admit I tried. I lasted not even a week and said, nope, mm -mm, take off the apron. This job is not for me. I, there was no way I could ever do that. Obligated orb. Hey, good to see you. Um, so please be nice. And management whether it's a Starbucks, a Burger King, a McDonald's, or some decent restaurant up level, would you please put some more staff in? I mean, honestly, you work these guys' fingers to the bone, and they do an amazing job, and they're overworked and likely underpaid. They really deserve a break. One more thing. And I don't know about other places, but I can tell you exactly here in Malaysia, this is a big issue. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. If you close at 8 o'clock, then you serve until 7.59 and 59 seconds. You do not stop serving at 7.15 so you can clean up and you get to leave at 8 o'clock. Now, I just defended you because you deserve defending and you deserve respect. However, you lose my respect when you're supposed to be open until 8 and you're not. You serve until 7.59 and 59 seconds. At 8 o'clock, you shut the door, you turn off the lights, and then you start cleaning. And then you do your prep for the next day. Yes, you're going to wind up staying till 9. You'll get paid for it. But honestly, here, seriously, we can only, because of this house arrest crap, we can only, uh, food places can only be open until 8. In fact, almost everything can only be open until 8 p.m. So sure as hell, 7.15 and some even earlier, stop serving. Because they have to clean up and get ready because they have to leave by 8. No, you don't have to leave by 8. You leave when your work is done. You serve until 8 o'clock. Then you shut, off, shut the door and you start the rest of the stuff. It just sticks in my craw because that's happened a lot. And 7.15 or 7 o'clock to stop serving is far too freaking early for you to stop serving. Especially since a lot of us don't have any choice, okay? Everything, grocery stores, everything basically just, you know, shut it down, turn off the lights, 8 o'clock, go home doesn't work that way shouldn't work that way i will defend you no one should abuse you and no that's not what i'm doing no one should abuse you no one should be rude to you but also you can you know and maybe that's a management thing if it's a management thing then management people knock it the hell off makes no sense at all so stop doing that all right all right <laughs> amazing Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> All right. Wow. We have gotten through a half an hour of absolute crap. Just complete buffalo sandwich. B.S. More coffee time. Yes, more coffee. There is my official Studio Voxel coffee mug. Uh, I did not yet. Uh, did I order a Miko merchandise coffee cup? You can get one on our site. You check that out on twitch.tv jay sheldon no pants look for the merchandise and there's a miko cup it's got our logo on one side and the other side has miko on it so this is the studio that i work with we do content visual effects all that cool stuff group of amazing people at studio voxel you can check them out too studiovoxel.com you can see our work our shows some of our visual effects we've done for films um yeah check out studiovoxel.com there plug for my uh for my company. It's not my company. I work with them. So, all right, guys, you ready for some reads? Yeah, the old man reading stories. Um, somebody said that in our last stream, and I loved it. The old man reading stories. 
<laughs> Why not? Um, all right. We're going to do, as we always had do, a, another couple of chapters in our book. Uh, we want to thank the Gutenberg Project. They are public domain books there. Check out gutenberg.org. And uh, you can find all kinds of books in all kinds of formats, regular Word docs, uh, text files, also ebooks. They're all in the public domain. They're all free. You can donate to gutenberg.org if you like. But um, yeah, we thank them. This is where we get all these books that we read because then we don't get copyright strikes because they're in the public domain. If you would like to help this stream, you can either go to the link that is posted above where you're watching. Or if you're on Twitch, I think you can click this and make a donation. Or just go to Patreon. Yes, Jay Sheldon now has a Patreon page. Yay! And we just made it cheaper for you to be a member. If you'd like to support the stream and become a member, go to patreon.com slash Sheldon, And for just five bucks a month, you can help out and uh, help fund the show here. So clap, clap. Patreon.com slash Sheldon. Sign up. Do what you can to help support the show. All right. It is time to move ahead up and into the wonderful world of the Little Prince. We are on Chapter 16, and this is called The Narrator Discusses the Earth's Lamplighters. So, then the seventh planet was Earth. Now, the Earth is not just an ordinary planet. One can count. There are 111 kings, not forgetting, to be sure, the Negro kings among them, 7,000 geographers, 900,000 businessmen, 7,500,000 tipplers, 311 million conceited men, that is to say, about 2 billion grown-ups. To give you an idea of the size of the earth, I will tell you that before the invention of electricity, it was necessary to maintain over the whole of six continents a veritable army of 462,511 lamplighters for streetlights. Since seen from a distance, that would make a splendid spectacle. The movements of this army would be regulated like those of the ballet in the opera. First would come the turn of the lamplighters of New Zealand and Australia. Having set their lamps alight, these would go off to sleep. Next, the lamplighters of China and Siberia would enter for their steps in the dance, and then they too would be waved back into the wings. After that would come the turn of the lamplighters of Russia and the Indies, and then those of Africa and Europe, then those of South America, then those of South America and North America, and never would they make a mistake in the order of their entry upon the stage. It would be magnificent. Only the man who was in charge of the single lamp at the North Pole and his colleague who was responsible for the single lamp at the South Pole. Only these two would live free from toil and care and they would be busy twice a year. Chapter 17. The Little Prince Makes the Acquaintance of a Snake. When one wishes to play the wit, he sometimes wanders a little from the truth. I have not been altogether honest in what I've told you about the lamplighters, and I realize that I run the risk of giving a false idea of our planet to those who don't know it. Men occupy a very small place upon the earth. If the two billion inhabitants who people its surface were all to stand upright and somewhat crowd together as they do for some big public assembly. They could easily be put into one public square 20 miles long and 20 miles wide. All of humanity could be piled up on a small Pacific island. 
The grown-ups, to be sure, will not believe you when you tell them that. They imagine that they fill a great deal of space. They fancy themselves as important as the baobabs. You should advise them, then, to make their own calculations. They adore figures, and it will please them. But I do not waste your time on this extra task. It is unnecessary. You have, I know, confidence in me. When the little prince arrived on earth, he was very much surprised not to see any people. He was beginning to be afraid he'd come to the wrong planet. When a coil of gold, the color of the moonlight, flashed across the sand. Good evening, said the little prince, courteously. Good evening, said the snake. What planet is this on which I've come down? asked the little prince. Well, this is the earth, and this is Africa, the snake answered. Ah, then there are no people on the earth? Oh, this is the desert. There are no people in the desert. The earth is large, said the snake. And the little prince sat down on a stone and raised his eyes toward the sky. I wonder, he said, whether the stars are set alight in heaven so that one day each of us may find his own again. Look at my planet. It is right there above us, but how far away it is. It is beautiful, said the snake. What has brought you here? Well, I've been having some trouble with a flower, said the little prince. Ah, said the snake. And they both were silent. Where are the men? said the little prince, at last took up the conversation again. It's a little lonely in the desert. It is also lonely among men, the snake said. The little prince gazed at him for a long time. You are a funny animal, he said at last. You are no thicker than a finger. Oh, but I am more powerful than the finger of a king, said the snake. The little prince smiled. You're not very powerful. You haven't even feet. You cannot travel. I can carry you further than any ship could take you, said the snake. He twined himself around the little prince's ankle like a golden bracelet. Whomever I touch, I send back to the earth from whence he came, the snake spoke again. But you are innocent and true, and you come from a star. The little prince made no reply. You move me to pity. You are so weak on this earth, bait of granite, the snake said. I can help you some day. If you grow too homesick for your own planet, I can... Oh, I very un well understand you, said the little prince, but why do you always speak in riddles? I solve them all, said the snake. And they were both silent. Chapter 18. The Little Prince Goes Looking for Men and Meets a Flower. The Little Prince crossed the desert and met with only one flower. It was a flower with three petals, a flower of no account at all. Good morning, said the Little Prince. Good morning, said the flower. Where are the men? the Little Prince asked politely. The flower had once seen a caravan passing. Men, she echoed. I think there are six or seven of them in existence. I saw them several years ago, but one never knows where to find them. The wind blows them away. They have no roots, and that makes their life very difficult. Goodbye, said the little prince. Goodbye, said the flower. Chapter 19. 
the little prince climbs a mountain range. After that, the little prince climbed a high mountain. The only mountains he had ever known were the three volcanoes, which came up to his knee, and he used the extinct volcano as a footstool. From a mountain as high as this one, he said to himself, I shall be able to see the whole planet at one glance, and all the people. But he saw nothing, save peaks of rock that were sharpened like needles. Good morning, he said courteously. Good morning, good morning, good morning, answered the echo. Who are you? said the little prince. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? answered the echo. Be my friends. I am all alone, he said. I'm all alone, all alone, all alone, answered the echo. What a queer planet, he thought. It's altogether dry and altogether pointed and altogether harsh and forbidding. And the people have no imagination. They repeat whatever one says to them. On my planet, I had a flower, and she was always the first to speak. We'll do one more. Chapter 20. The Little Prince Discovers a Garden of Roses. But it happened that after walking for a long time through sand and rocks and snow, the Little Prince at last came upon a road and all roads lead to the abodes of men. Good morning, he said. He was standing before a garden all abloom with roses. Good morning, said the roses. The little prince gazed at them. They all looked like his flower. Who are you, he demanded, thunderstruck. Oh, we are roses, the roses said. He was overcome with sadness. His flower had told him that she was the only one of her kind in all of the universe. And here were five thousand of them, all alike, in one single garden. She would be very much annoyed, he said to himself, if she should see that. She would cough most dreadfully, and she would pretend that she was dying to avoid being laughed at and I shall be obliged to pretend that I was nursing her back to life. For if I did not do that, to humble myself also, she would really allow herself to die. And he went on with his reflections. I, I thought that I was rich with a flower that was unique in all the world, and all I had was a common rose. A common rose, and three volcanoes that come up to my knees, and one of them perhaps extinct forever. Well, that doesn't make me a very good prince. And he laid down in the grass and cried. And that's going to end The Little Prince for tonight. Coming up in our next stream, we will do at least chapter 21, which is The Little Prince Befriends the Fox. That will be coming up. Next time. Hey, Kulpomid. I don't know how to say your name, but <laughs> but thank you for the follow and thank you for uh, coming along. Uh, we hit a whole bunch of topics earlier in the stream tonight, and uh, we just got through with our book, which uh, we're reading The Little Prince right now, a few chapters at a time until we get done. And by the way, we are almost to the end. This is a long book. It's got a lot of chapters, but uh, we're quickly getting through them. So if you would like to suggest what book we do next, if you're new to the stream or to the podcast, um, we have done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. We did The Velveteen Rabbit. We did Alice in Wonderland. What else did we do? We did so many, I've forgotten. This is our 77th show, by the way. Thank you. And um, anyway, we read them a chapter or two at a time till we get all the way to the end. I need your suggestions for what book we do next. I do have a few already that I have uh, uh, downloaded. Um, let me just let you know what, what I'm considering. Uh, one is The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. 
The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which that would be a lot of fun. Treasure Island, Robert Louis Stevenson. Jules Verne, Around the World in 80 Days, another cool one. Uh, the War of the Worlds mm, by H.G. Wells. Very cool. And The Tale of Peter Rabbit, another rabbit book. Uh, so any one of those that strikes your fancy, please let us know. You can email nopants at jsheldon.com. Nopants at jsheldon.com with your ideas for books. However, they have to be in the public domain. They have to be copyright-free, public domain. You can find them at the Gutenberg Project. Gutenberg.org is where you'll find all the titles. They've got hundreds, thousands of titles over there. So those are the ones that uh, I'm considering doing next, but I would love to hear from you. So please send us an email, nopants at jsheldon.com. Also, for those of you uh, are listening in on the podcasts from Spotify or iTunes or Amazon Music, uh, all the places our podcast is shown, thank you for subscribing to the show and your downloads. They're doing great. Appreciate that. Also, if you'd like to see the video version of our show, we said it before, very important. It would help me a lot if you would subscribe on rumble.com. Rumble.com slash I'm not wearing pants. And uh, it's a free, you can sign up for free. It's free, 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 no cost, no cost. Rumble.com slash I'm not wearing pants. And uh, check us out there. Wow, we had so many new followers tonight. I cannot, I cannot thank you enough. That was fantastic. It was, <coughs> it was really great to, um, really great to see everybody jumping in. And uh, for all the follows, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. If we had a raid from wherever it came, thank you. I did not see a raid anywhere, but if that was the case, I truly appreciate it. Thanks to whoever sent all of you my way, so appreciate that. I will see you again on Wednesday night, my friends. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night, everybody.